Hello and welcome once again to another podcast episode of Two Men Talking. Those two men being Stanley and Fred, their discussions may make you laugh, may touch your heart, sometimes may even drive you a little crazy. One thing's for sure, these two continue to talk. Controversial conversations that never end. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and it's my pleasure to hang out with Fred and Stanley as they converse about issues of the day, affairs of the heart, mind, and soul. Today we look at family, friends, and acquaintances, what it all means to each of you. Stanley, we'll begin with you. I, you know, I always like to talk about words, and we talk about what, what is family, what is friends, what is acquaintances. Um, so, uh, certainly I'm not the authority on religion, but I know in the Bible, Jesus was very concerned with who his friends were, and it was important to him and his disciples, they talked about friends, and he he had a friend, um, Judas, who sort of um, did him in. So I think uh, the concept of friends goes back a long way. In the uh, Hebrew, uh, we talk, there's a word shava, and it means sort of connect, link together, join together. And that's the word for friends. But at the same time, there's another word in Hebrew, rea, which means, oh, those are the people we hang around with. So that's a good distinction, I think, um, between friends and acquaintances. Not so much family. Fred's the authority on family, Fred. You want to say something on family? I'd like to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I'd like to start by reading a poem written by Philip Larkin. It's called Hull. It's a nursery rhyme, by the way. They F you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were effed up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. That's his poem. So I read that poem because I think our lives are hardwired once we leave the womb by our mother, by our father, our family, and past generations, both good and bad. I'm blessed. I was raised in an apartment building in Brooklyn. I lived in Greenwich, Connecticut for 24 years. Every home I had had a pool. I had tennis courts that were lit for children, five grandchildren. My parents gave me love, taught me, as Ralph Waldo Emerson would say, to be self-reliant. My mother always had two jobs. My father went from a failed business uh, that he inherited from his father. He became a salesman, kind of like Willie Loman, uh, Death of a Salesman, Arthur Miller's play. My mother passed away at 92. Four months later, my father passed away at 94, both in 2020. So my premise is this. Who you are today has a lot to do with the foundation you got from your parents, their parents before them, your grandparents, and generations before. And we go through life having opportunities to complete certain incompleteness that you inherited from your parents. I'm blessed because I got a lot of love from my parents. I'm also blessed because they taught me how to be self-reliant. However, there were other issues in 
in the family. That's my uh, my opening. Fred, before we go back to Stanley for a response, you wanted to share a Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm story that kind of relates. I think a real uh, great story is a story told by Larry David uh, about his mother's death and her funeral. So his father tells Larry when he didn't invite Larry to the funeral, the last word she said to me, if anything happens to me, you don't bother Larry. You don't spoil his trip to New York. Larry's response, what do you mean? I was busy. You didn't call me and tell me my mother died. Perhaps had I been informed, I may have been able to attend my mother's funeral. His brother says, Larry, it was beautiful. His father says it was very nice, very well attended. Rabbi spoke honestly. Rabbi spoke beautifully like a friend. Larry's response, I noticed you called my brother Andy in New York and he flew in right away. His father goes, well, your mother didn't say not to call your brother Andy. She said not to call you. That's all. That's all she ever said. You know what you forgot, Fred? I know because I had it. Aunts and uncles. I had a loving mother, a loving father, a loving sister. and But I also had 12 cousins, maybe 10 aunts and uncles on my father's side, my mother's side. Uh, that was a fabulous family unit. And unfortunately, all those cousins are gone. But their children, who are my cousins once removed, uh, still stay in touch with me. But for a child to have aunts and uncles is very supportive. And I think it's a, a wonderful thing. Family in 2023, as we record this, though, is so different than it was even 30 or 40 years ago, just a generation ago. And I'd love you to comment on yeah, yeah, yeah. on where we are with the family as you see it, because you guys have come from family that is much stronger. Yeah. Fred? Hey, let's go back further than 30, 40 years. Let's start in Rome with the Caesars. Caligula committing incest with each of his three sisters. The younger one poisoning her husband. Nero sending assassins to kill his mother. And let's talk about the Old Testament. Cain murdering Abel. Lot copulating with his daughters, and the Almighty Father adored as a vengeful tyrant, never happier than when busy at the task of slaughtering his progeny. And now let's come into the present. Remember uh, our friend Cliff Huxtable? Jordan, who was Cliff? Well, that was the character name on the most popular sitcom in the 1980s, starring uh, the beloved at the time, Bill Cosby. Yes, and what happened to Bill? He gave quaaludes and muscle relaxes to multiple women, and then he sexually assaulted them. But for decades, that show was the prime example of a fabulous family with uh, a mom. I think she was a doctor, and he might have been an attorney, and they had very functional kids. He was a and doctor. Remember he was, a, he was a, uh, an obstetrician, by the way. Yes. And then he even made the statement, the problem we have with our children today, there's not enough responsible fathers that have children that take responsibility for raising them. So you can go back to biblical times, to Roman times. Family forms the foundation of who you are today. But family is a game of chance. It's a throw of the dice. Sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not. A lot of people talk about nurture as opposed to nature. Families grow as flowers grow. Some are good, some are weeds. I say 
what you learn from that foundational experience affects how you relate to friends and acquaintances. So I didn't understand what his sexual life had to do with the show. That was my here, question. Here he is, the, the ultimate example of a man from the black community. He would articulate that men have to be good examples for their children. If they have uh, uh, children, they have to be responsibility for raising those children. And when he wasn't on the show, he was drugging multiple women and then sexually abusing them. Hypocrisy at its finest, and uh, we, we don't want to dwell on Bill Cosby, but here's a right, let's, well, let me, let's get uh, let's get off of him. No, let's no, talk no. About let, Ar- let me, How about Archie Bunker for a while? No, no. I, I Remember me, him? All in the family? Of course. He was a racist. But that's who he was. That's, that's nothing. That's who he was. He was a racist, but he was a good family man underneath. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Stanley? That's true. I think you have to make your family your friends. And try at least to bring them into that circle. I just will comment, when I was young, every Sunday night, the whole family went to visit my grandmother. And everyone sat around. These were all poor people, but they were food. The men played cards. Other women talked and belittled their sister-in-laws all the time. That was the topic of conversation. But (laughs) that was every Sunday night. We came together, and that's what we did. People asked me, they did a survey, and they came to me and said, tell me in your old age what's important. And I think I've said this on other podcasts. And family and friends are very important. So I, we haven't done a definition of friends yet. Well, well, I want to get to friends, but before I get to friends, we've experienced lots of wars, the Korean War, World War II, Vietnam, the occupation of Iraq, Afghanistan. I say, and I've said this, the difference between science fiction and reality is science fiction has to make sense. Pick up the newspaper any day and you read the most outrageous things. That's the human condition. That's humanity. And I say humanity is the way it is because of either something that's imparted in you or wired into you as a child and you're conditioned to see it either in a negative or a positive way. I speak about my past. My past was very positive. If not, or my parents teaching me I'm on my own and I have to be self-reliant, I might not have had the success that I've experienced. I would also say that my four children had a fabulous opportunity of experiencing my parents for a, uh, a nice percentage of, the, of their younger years. And as a result, I'm knocking wood, all four of my children are self-reliant so far. And that makes, that makes my life easier because I'm going through a lot of changes now. I've been married three plus decades and I'm resetting my life. And my life is a lot easier because my children are on their, on their own and I don't have anything to deal with with them, which is great. Let, and let's get into friends. I think you relate to friends based on the foundational relationships you've had with your mother, with your father, with your grandparents, and with your aunt and uncles. But I think most relationships, I think you have very few friends, mostly everyone's an acquaintance. What do you think? So you're, you're a particular type of person related to your upbringing. And that reflects 
on your relationship with everyone. What's a true friend? A true friend is loyal, supportive, accepting, a good listener, is always there for you. So I consider you a good friend. There's a difference between a good friend and a friend. And we get down to an acquaintance. And there's also an interesting topic. Our friends change over the years because our interests change and people sort of drift or they stay together. But there are friends that I had that we were close buddies and they've uh, disappeared. They've drifted. There are some friends who I was friends when I went to college who were still close. It all depends who you are and what you say is true. Who you are relates to how you were brought up, and that affects how, how you relate to people. It reflects how you conduct yourself in your business, okay? What they say, oh, this guy's the worst son of a bee. Yeah. He's terrible. But that's, and some people are very successful, and they're, they're okay, I don't know if you you have to be a, a nasty guy, aggressive um, to succeed. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying it's not true, but it's who you are and how you relate to all kinds of people. I'm not negative. I'm thankful that I was raised the way I was. And and I have issues with people who always go, oh, my parents, and I got that because of my parents. I'm like, I've let go of that. So I hope it didn't sound... Uh, differently. But I think a human condition is the roots of who we are comes from that. I want to give you my opinion of friends and friendships. But before I go there, think about all the ethnic cleansing in Europe, the Serbians, the Bosnians. Think about in the Middle East. Where do these people learn to hate their neighbors? Not from their family. Oh, really? Their family Uh, doesn't say those people over there aren't any good? Where is that, that hatred? Where is that taught? So you what, think what, you think hatred starts at the in the home? Absolutely. I think all the religious wars, all the religious wars have their foundation in what children learn from their mother and their father, a large percentage. And I I think to a certain extent if that was and then they go to school and then it gets reinforced. But I think if you really step back and you think about it, hatred or love is taught in the home. Values are taught in the home. The issues, the social issues we're dealing with in the United States are a result of what individuals in their teens and their 20s have not learned at home because families have, have evolved. I, I don't think you, you can put the responsibility that everything that happens goes back and relates to the home. I think maybe some people are taught hatred at home. They go out into the world. They meet other people. They go to school. They learn different values. I think you can, values, you can learn. And you can learn as you grow older, you get different values. People change as they get older. I don't know if everyone stays the same, but I think people do change. There's a lot what you say is true, absolutely about the home, absolutely. But I think you can't blame everything. So the home is changing. I'm not blaming everything. I'm not. Okay, but the home is changing. As Jordan says, families are changing. A lot of that change is negative. Okay? However, society changes. We're not the same society we were 30 years ago. Your parents had good values. They lived in Brooklyn in a little room. 
you have the same good values up where you live with a swimming pool and a tennis court. So uh, could your values change? I, I think your values could change. But I don't, I don't want to blame all these wars, killings, and ethnic cleansing on things that people learned at home. I think you got to talk about economics, ego, satisfaction. I mean, I don't. Listen, people run in this country for various political offices. They didn't learn. I don't think they learned it at home. A great percentage of the Americans in New York, I will just say New York, were Democrats because they loved FDR. I speak of my grandmother. I don't even know if she knew what FDR, but FDR, oh my God, she was a Democrat. But then, oh, maybe my parents changed. They became a little different. And then my generation changed. So we're lucky if we could be flexible and we could change. Let me ask a question that relates to you guys, since you're a couple of podcast stars. There are many people who would want to be your friend, quote unquote, but aren't they merely acquaintances? And I'm wondering how you delineate the difference. And That's and a great question. Everyone knows about hangers-on and posses and all that kind of stuff with celebrities. Yeah. But even in normal everyday life, there are some people who desperately want to tell the world that they're your friend, Fred, <laughs> and they may not really be that close. What's your thought on that? I have lots of acquaintances. I don't have a lot of friends. The truth is that most relationships we call friendships are seldom more than, I'll say, mutual advantage or mutual exploitation or, or agreements or pacts, uh, which dissolve as soon as the mutual advantage disappears. And that's an acquaintance. So it's someone you know, you're cordial to. Once you realize that it's not profitable, you move on. Our real friends, and I'll use Stanley as an example, are those for whom there's an openness, there's a willingness, and there's like a live and let live basis of the friendship. And the number of friendships is limited by that. When you say, oh, this person's my friend and they'd give me the shirt off my back, I think that's bullshit. There's plenty of uh, uh, people that have issues and they need help and they don't get it from their friends. To be a friend is enormous amount of work and effort, okay? And there's an old saying, that man's best friend is his dog. So that's, I mean, to, to, we all have acquaintances. We all have people who, there are people who say, gee, I, him, I, I'm not his friend. <laughs> I don't want to be his friend. I'm sure there are people who say that. But it takes a lot of work. And, and the same applies to be a good family member. It takes a lot of work and you got to extend yourself. And maybe that's true. Maybe we did do that podcast, Fred, on dogs. And maybe that's true about dogs. That's why people love dogs. Unconditional <laughs> love. You could do a lot to a dog and they're still there wagging their tail. People are different. Yeah. Well, that's who we are. But that's that's who we are. That makes life interesting. But you guys keep yeah. walking on Sunday mornings, strengthening that friendship, which is something yes. we should note. Well, yeah. we have a lot to talk about. We haven't, we haven't discussed yet. All, we've been walking a long time, but we haven't discussed all, all the problems yet of the world. <laughs> and, and, and you can see this is an example of how we, we think differently, and it doesn't interfere with our relationship. We still find a value to have the relationship that's bigger than, uh, let's say, my needs and Stanley's needs. Going to a bar, like a neighborhood bar, 
you'll see the same people in there the same time. And if you see people in there that are have drinking problems or they're alcoholics, that's their buddies, that's their friends. And really what links the relationship is agreement. They agree not to be honest and straight with the next guy or the next gal. Very interesting takes on all three issues, family, friends, and acquaintances. How do I rate with you guys? I mean, I'm not related, but do I make it to the friend stage at this point? Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, Jordan, um, before I say, I'm a little short of money this month. Ah, that's what he needs. He needs <laughs> a friend in need. Now, I want to know if you're a friend or an acquaintance. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Two Men Talking, controversial conversations that never end. The podcast geared to men, women, and everyone in between from 20 to 100. Anyone who loves living life to the fullest. You can subscribe and download Two Men Talking wherever you get your podcasts. And Stanley and Fred would love it if you left a multi-star rating and review. We thank you and hope you too can find time to walk with a good friend.